0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So there's a Yiddish word that I just love, and perhaps you know it. It's kvetch, K-V-E-T-C-H, kvetch, as in, stop kvetching. That means to complain, to whine, to kvetch. And I think in any relationship, there's a certain degree of kvetching, right? seems our relationship with God is no different. So previously in Exodus, we've been reading Exodus for the past few weeks, um, the Israelites were caught between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army, and Moses, empowered by God, raises his stick and parts the sea to allow them to escape. Then they find themselves without food, no small thing, and manna rains down from above and feeds them for 40 years. That's a lot of manna. Then, as they're getting pretty close to their destination, they find they're without water, and water's kind of bad to be without as well, and they must have been really thirsty after eating that manna for 40 years. So, directed by God, Moses again uses his handy stick, and water springs forth from a rock to quench them. Always in these crises, the people look to Moses to fix it. Moses as a liaison with Yahweh. Moses, their their spokesperson. Moses, the bearer of their complaints to Yahweh. And they do seem to kvetch a lot, right? But as the chosen people, wouldn't they have to start to doubt, to wonder, what exactly were they chosen for, and, and who could blame them? In today's reading, Tested once again, they ask, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Reading through Exodus, it would seem that God is indeed trying to kill them. It's kind of their 40-year-long 2020. And so we can certainly relate. The Israelites attempt to test God back through Moses, of course, their intermediary, and their doubts, their quarreling, their tests of God, all of that is their way of calling God to action. I've had several moments in this very special year of 2020 to question, to quetch, to ask God in all seriousness, are you kidding me with this? And maybe a little... Where are you, anyway? Like the Israelites, I would really like a little feedback, a strong sign of hope, maybe even an actual thing to happen, to change things, to help us out. The deadly depths of the Red Sea blocking their way, famine in a barren land, drought. I imagine they thought, if we're the chosen people of Yahweh, Why doesn't God do something? And they ask, is the Lord among us or not? Their relationship with God continues in this way, going from faith to frustration to desperation to salvation. Yes, relationships can be difficult. This is not just another story of Israel's past. It's the bigger picture of human nature and relationship with God. It's in our nature to have doubts and to seek proof, to say to God, show me, show me, do something, is really what we're often asking when we pray, help me. It's not just the people of Israel who were hard-hearted, lacking in faith, and quetching against God. We all have our moments, and the Bible contains identified psalms of lament, which give us permission to complain, which accept complaining as a genuine dimension of faith. So be assured, kvetching is in the book. In our relationship with God, especially when we've just about had enough, we ask, we complain, we kvetch, and we want to see some result. It's often in our desperation all about that. But relationships suffer when they're a one-way street, when one is always the giver and one always the, well, let's say the not-so-much-giver. Likewise, our relationship with God is not a one-way street. Just as we resemble the Israelites crying out, Is Yahweh among us or not? Seeking some action, some validation. So does God seek action and validation from us. Just as the Israelites, we too, in times of great trouble wonder, is the Lord among us or not? And pray for a discernible response. So too must we give our response to God. Our God is a relational God, And just as we might throw our hurts and frustrations upon God and want to know God is really there for us, as the Israelites in the desert did, so must must we do more than just proclaim, Jesus is Lord. We need to back that up. And so let's look at the parable in our gospel reading today. We have the two sons, each asked by the father to go and work in the vineyard. The first one immediately responds, no, then ends up going anyway. And the second one immediately responds, I go, and just doesn't go. Which one was the good one? Well, I I think we can all agree that the son who initially responded no, but then did as his father asked, is the winner here. He allowed his heart to be changed. He found the space in his life to do what was asked. What about the second son? Like the second son, my gut reaction to things is often no, whether I say this aloud or in my heart. But I I also may come around after more carefully evaluating the request and my calendar. The second son in today's parable was quick and happy to say, I go, but then he did nothing. Perhaps someone interrupted him. Perhaps he had a lot going on. That day. Perhaps he forgot he needed to be on a Zoom meeting. I can really relate. There are so often things that can get in the way of my doing what my faith calls me to do. And so I wonder who am I, the first or the second son? Which son am I in my relationships with others? Which son am I with my relationship to God? I think I'm kind of both sometimes. What about you? Relationships sometimes cause us to say, well, we may hear, you said you love me, but you don't show me. The chosen people cry, is the Lord with us or not? God, you chose us. Now are you even here? Likewise, Jesus may say, you choose me now where are you you said you'll go to the vineyard now go 2020 is not over yet and the future is as uncertain as ever it's us and our actions our living into our beliefs that will make things better whether in the world our state our town our community our families, however far your own sphere of influence reaches. We're asked to go and work in the vineyard. And even if our knee-jerk response is no, we must take a breath and like the first sun, find the space in our lives to find a way to turn the no around. In the prayer of general thanksgiving, we pray that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives. Also in today's gospel, there's a common reversal imagery in Jesus' teaching. We and the pesky Pharisees, chief priests, and elders have heard it before. It's the whole last shall be first scenario. Jesus says the tax collectors and prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. Now, I don't think that's because there's any shortage of tax collectors and prostitutes in heaven, but they represent all sinners who say no and then have a change of heart. Sinners who don't know the way, but who come to believe and then show by their actions they believe. Their past lives screamed, no, I will not go, but their hearts changed and they found the way to go. It is through their faith, not just professed, but lived. As we make our way through this year of 2020, this year of trial and difficulty, grief and hurt, anxiety and insecurity, fear and civil unrest, astounding injustice. We can surely relate to the Israelites crying out, is the Lord among us or not? And yes, A little bit of, are you trying to kill us? Most importantly, my friends, take heart. We remain in relationship with God. We pray for help, for hope, for strength, for guidance, and yes, we kvetch to God. And God shows up for us. Sometimes not how and where and through whom we expect but God shows up time and again in the desert. God brought forth life, safety, food, water in unexpected ways. Food, not growing up from the ground, but raining down. Water, not raining down, but springing up from a dead rock. And like that dead rock from which life-giving water came, Our relationship with God is solid and brings us to life in unexpected ways. Just watch. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.